Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Light and Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and today we'll be discussing the legacy of Star Wars. So the plan was originally to postpone this episode just four days from the Sunday it was supposed to be released on. So that way it would drop on May 4th for Star Wars Day exactly. But then things came up and I didn't get it finished in time. So it's a couple days late, but no biggie. Next episode will be our one-year anniversary from when I released the trailer for this podcast, so we're going to be having another celebration for that as well. I hope you had a wonderful Star Wars Day and did something to celebrate with your family or community, because, like we'll be talking about today, Star Wars is truly about bringing people together. First of all, I have some very exciting news. For Light and Life has officially hit 1,000 all-time plays, which is so amazing to me. Thank you all so much for listening to my episodes, sending in voicemails and emails, leaving reviews, responding to my Q&As, and just being here to support this community. 1,000 plays in the almost year that it's been since this podcast started is not bad at all, and what better time to celebrate this than on Star Wars Day, or near Star Wars Day. Also, I have my usual plug for the BCU Illustration Project. Basically, Empire Radio listeners made an entire audio drama by sending in voicemails with a plot of a story. So we've got almost an hour and a half of audio from that, but we're trying to have fans send in a piece of artwork to represent each voicemail. If you can make any sort of visual representation, including Lego, sketches, digital art, 19th century impressionist paintings... Please check out the Google Doc in this episode's description and consider contributing to this project. If you somehow need more motivation than that, just know that my good friend Addie and I have what would be over 250 pages of a VCU sequel novel, if we formatted it correctly, which we don't, waiting to be released, which cannot be released until this first project is. Next, the results of last episode's Spotify questions are in. I left a poll asking which of my four full-length fanfics was your favorite, and I was very surprised. Three people voted. One voted for Maybe She'll Come Back, one voted for Kane's Jedi, and one voted for The Adventures of Ahsoka Tano Remix, which was the one I spent three episodes rewriting. So we've got a three-way tie there, and what's more, no one voted for Lead Us, which I was surprised by because that was some of my best work, but I'm glad you enjoyed my other fanfics as well. I also asked what your thoughts were about the Ahsoka show, and Addie replied, Excited, really. I just wish Hera's voice was a little deeper so it'll sound more like her. Which is very fair. Lastly, May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. As an Asian American myself, I have a personal connection to this time, and have been running the AAPI Month Assembly at my school for the past two years, and it's just so cool to see people sharing their stories and culture. There have been so, so many influential Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders over the past few centuries that aren't always recognized, so I'd like to shout out a few right now. Hong Kong and American actor Bruce Lee, who was also a martial artist, philosopher, filmmaker, etc., changed the way Chinese people were portrayed in American film and was also credited as being the most influential martial artist of all time. Wilhelmina Dowsett was the founder of the first Hawaiian suffrage organization 
and helped pass a bill to give all Hawaiian women the same voting rights as the men. Which, uh, did not mean full U.S. voting rights. That came 39 years later. <laughs> Filipino-American Larry Itliong helped found the United Farm Workers Union and was an activist for the rights of immigrants, farm and cannery workers, and Asian Americans in general. And most recently, we have our current U.S. Vice President, Kamala Harris, who is the highest-ranking female official in American history. Is that the most bittersweet announcement ever or what? There are so many firsts associated with her, including the first female, African-American, and Asian-American to be vice presidents. And no matter your political beliefs, I am very deeply hoping we can all at least appreciate that a lot of people in this country who haven't had representation this high up before are getting some actual representation. Finally, I want to give a shout out to some very special Asian Americans in my life, and those would be my dad and my grandmother. Not only would I obviously physically not exist without them, but I wouldn't be where I am today in terms of spirit, mind, and accomplishments without them either. They have guided me in so many things, and I am just so grateful to them for being such caring, wise, and funny people. If you would like to learn more about the contributions of Asian American and Pacific Islander individuals, I have linked a useful website in the description with a whole gallery dedicated to AAPI people. There are two other main recognitions happening this month, which are mental health awareness and Jewish American heritage, so I'm going to talk about those during our next two episodes in May. Teacher Appreciation Week is this upcoming week of May 8th through 12th. Yay, teachers, you hold society together and are some of the most underappreciated people, and I hope you know that we are so grateful for all of your contributions to society. There are tons of other recognition days, weeks, and months in May, such as Deaf Awareness Week, Queer and Transgender API Week, and Endangered Species Day, but I don't have the time to talk about every single one as much as I would love to. So, shout out to all the events in May and the people celebrating them. You are all beautiful and wonderful humans, and you deserve to be acknowledged. With those announcements out of the way, let's make a U-turn into the legacy of Star Wars. First of all, what is a legacy? For our purposes, we're not referring to the money someone leaves people in a last will and testament. I'm talking about the long-lasting impact of particular events, actions, etc. that took place in the past, or of a person's life. Taken from the Oxford Languages Online Dictionary. Thank you, English teachers, for teaching me how to cite my sources so I don't get in trouble with the law. So, yes, the legacy of Star Wars just means how Star Wars will influence and impact the world long-term, even after shows like The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch have finished releasing episodes, Perhaps even after Star Wars stops releasing content altogether, if that ever tragically happens hundreds of years in the future. Basically, what is Star Wars leaving behind? Now, some franchises don't have legacies. I think most do, because most have groups of fans who continue to love it, or at least think about it. And that, in my mind, is the foundation of a legacy. Some franchises do leave legacies, but they might be negatively impacting people, or be remembered in a negative lighting. With the way Star Wars is and always has been, it's definitely, hopefully, going to have a positive fan base community legacy, because so many people find safety and hope and joy in it. 
Now, I doubt anyone knows exactly when Star Wars began affecting people to the extent that it does now, or why exactly it does. But if I had to guess, I would say Star Wars began impacting people the moment that first person looked up at the screen and saw themselves reflected in a character. And I think it'll continue to influence people as long as someone can say, I saw Star Wars and learned something about myself or the world I live in. As long as new friendships can be formed around a common love of the franchise. And as long as it continues to bring communities closer together. These are the things I find most beautiful about Star Wars. It opens people's perspectives, gives us a way to see ourselves in media, and helps us find connections. And there are so many connections! To take another page from English teachers' books, we've got text-to-world, text-to-self, and text-to-text connections. They are connections when you see your favorite character and realize that you're both really determined. When you see Wrecker loving explosives and realize that he and Sabine should team up and destroy the world. There are connections when you realize that Palpatine is the embodiment of every dictator Earth has ever had. But one of the connections I really value from Star Wars is, of course, how it helps you form connections with the people around you. Now, I say around you, but (laughs) that's very broad. People around you can refer to your sibling, your classmate, your pen pal from across the country, your virtual friend from across the world, those astronauts in the International Space Station. When you think about it, everyone is in your community. The community of living beings from Earth. And Star Wars does such a good job of helping us realize this. Han Solo is a scoundrel from Corellia, Luke Skywalker is a farm boy from Tatooine, yet the two of them grow really close over the saga and learn that they have a lot in common. Rey's a scavenger from Jakku, waiting for her parents to come back for her, and Finn's a stormtrooper with the First Order, wondering if he's fighting for the wrong side, and boom! Unexpected friendship develops. So many classic relationships in Star Wars are built despite differences in life backgrounds, sometimes because of them, and they ultimately prove that you don't need to look, think, talk, or act like someone in order to understand and be friends with them. If everyone saw Star Wars and understood this deeper meaning, I think there could be a lot more really cool relationships in real life. But although not everyone's going to catch these themes, and not everyone's going to apply them to real life, there are still so many very close communities built around these lessons. So many of my friends are people that I grew close with because of Star Wars. These relationships people have formed with each other from Star Wars are not bonds easily broken. As long as they exist, I think Star Wars' legacy will be as strong as ever. And one other quick note. Like I've been saying, there are so many opportunities to find yourself in Star Wars, whether in certain characters, or organizations, or creative expression. I found myself in a variety of places within Star Wars, such as in Ahsoka Tano, in my Star Wars club, in writing fanfiction, and playing Star Wars themes on the piano. With all the outlets we have in the current day and age, it's easier than ever to find a way of expression that connects you to Star Wars. It can help you find a new passion, get a fun hobby, discover something about yourself, or just give you new appreciation for film, books, fandom, sci-fi, fantasy, or any of the other things Star Wars is to people. This counts as a connection, even if no one else is involved except you, 
because you're making a connection between you and Star Wars itself. And that's pretty cool if you ask me. This has been a somewhat unorganized discussion, but in the end, I think Star Wars' legacy is carried by its fans and the relationships, connections, and realizations we make because of it. I am not at all concerned that Star Wars is going to die out, so long as there are people to carry its spirit. Thank you for sticking with me there. I think it's time we had a little more structure to the episode, so let's transition to voicemail time. This week, we have two voicemails from Retta that I'm just going to play back-to-back because they go right into each other, so let's hear what she has to say. Hey Lucy, it's Retta. I just finished listening to your most recent episode, and I really enjoyed hearing about your process behind creating your fanfictions. Um, your drabble is always spot on, and I always love listening to them, so thank you for sharing your process on that. It was really cool to listen to. Um, yeah, totally understand your mixed feelings about the Ahsoka show. I personally have a little bit of a hard time connecting Rosario Dawson's version of Ahsoka visually to the Clone Wars version, just because she looks and sounds so different. And so as far as Ahsoka goes, I totally understand that. Um, I'm very excited that Natasha Lou Bordizzo, who's uh, the live action Sabine Wren, looks exactly like Sabine from Rebels. Uh, but her voice is a little different, too. So I understand the disconnect <laughs> that happens there. So I totally understand, like I said, the disconnect that happens there. And I'm sorry that you were having a bit of a rough day on Friday. Um, I hope that life has been better for you since then. And uh, my question for you this week, um, if you were to have a lightsaber, like, what color do you think it would be? I don't remember if I've already asked you this or not yet. Um, if I have, send me an email, let me know, and I'll send in a different question. Um, but yeah, like if you were a Jedi in universe, what color do you think your lightsaber would be? So thanks for all you do. Looking forward to your next episode and hope things get better for you. May the force be with you. Thank you so much for sending these in. And thank you for understanding my mixed feelings about the Ahsoka show it's nice to know I'm not the only one feeling a little bit of a disconnect. But yes, that's a great point that Sabine's actress does look a lot like her. I'm feeling really good about Sabine in the show, and also I really like the hair colors they chose for her. And yes, as you wonderfully phrased it, life has been better for me since then, and I did finally re-watch the trailer in a more calm state. It is so much better than I remembered, which just goes to show that emotion really can blind you. Frankly, I don't even have that much of a problem with Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka anymore. I think the time to process and readjust to her really helped. And now that I watched it while looking for positive things about it, during some of her lines, I can feel the Ahsoka I'm used to in her voice. I'm also very excited for Sabine now, and curious about who this blonde Sith person is. I will say that I'm still not a huge fan of the way they flash different adjectives about Ahsoka on the screen, such as outcast, rebel, Jedi, and whatever the other one was. That part feels a little bit cliche and dramatic to me, but other than that, I am feeling much more cheerful about the Ahsoka series. Thus is the life of a growing teenager experiencing mood swings. 
As for your question, what color would my lightsaber be? This is tricky. You see, back before Clone Wars released its final season, when Ahsoka only had her green and later white lightsabers, I was fully set on having a green lightsaber just like her. But then I thought about it and I wasn't sure if that was still what I wanted today, so I just took two BuzzFeed lightsaber color quizzes with varying results. One of them said my lightsaber color was dark because I'm unique, free-willed, and creative. I like using my brain. I don't share my opinions because other people find them to be harsh. I hate stupidity and injustice, etc. And I mean, that's pretty true. But the other quiz says it's green for Jedi extremely well-versed in the Force and like negotiation over combat. I'm curious. I care about others and can be cooperative, even though I do have passionate opinions that showcase my individuality, which is the most hilariously accurate line in this entire episode. I think about the future and want more out of life, and I can be quiet because I'm a deep thinker and have some unrealistic expectations. Now, if that paragraph doesn't sum me up, I don't know what does. So I'm gonna stick with green lightsabers, which works out because that's what I always thought I wanted to have. Thank you for the voicemail, Loretta, and now let's move on to our Drabble. If you are unfamiliar with this term, a Drabble is a short story exactly 100 words long, and I read when I wrote every episode. This week we have a nice little fanfic called A Galaxy United, so let's hear it. The flickering tongues of fire slithered and leapt on top of the pyre, releasing delicate embers to the wind. The burning man was still encased in the darkness he served no longer, yet he departed the living realm through the ritual of the light. In the trees beyond, raucous laughter and music swelled as rebels and Ewoks alike celebrated the victory. On distant worlds across the galaxy, people were coming together despite their differences to rejoice in new freedom. They won together and gave thanks together, and when the time came to fight again, they would do that together too. This Drabble originally began as me scrambling to find a situation in which people formed a community and made connections and such, and then it occurred to me that nothing could possibly be more community building than defeating the First Galactic Empire after approximately 22 years of suffering. It's another one of my all-knowing narrator stories because I wanted to highlight both the celebration on Endor and in different parts of the galaxy, and it's just always fun to look at a bigger picture and not just one character. Especially since this topic is truly about the bigger picture. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out, considering that it was written in its entirety during a Friday math class. If you have any thoughts about this episode, this drabble, you want to contact me, or just help out with the show, here are some ways you can do so. You can send me an email through my fan email, which is forlightandlife.podcast at gmail.com. This is great if you have something you want to tell me, but for whatever reason, you can't send in a voicemail. That being said, you can definitely send me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. There's a link in the description for that. As long as it is family-friendly and you have not specifically asked me not to, then I will play it on the show. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. This helps new people come over and find the podcast. Go ahead and follow the show if you like this sort of content. It comes out every other Sunday, except when things get wacky like they did this time. 
Finally, please share the show with your community so our community can grow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light and life in our world together.